Why does he need a tree? Why is there different types of wings? What How am I alive? Welcome to What About This? I'm not sure if this happens to you, but it seems to happen to me often when I hear about something remarkable and I can't stop thinking about it. It feels like it um, lives near the middle of my brain, maybe at the bottom middle, and it flirts with me, charming me to find out more about it, as if it wants me to give it a chance to grow into something. This time, it's about a banana farmer. I live in Canada, so the idea that there is a banana farmer nearby is pretty wild. He lives in Huron County, about two hours northwest of Toronto, and his name is Terry. And he grows bananas, mangoes, and other tropical fruit. And for two years, I keep asking people around the area if they've ever met him, and no one has. But apparently, he does give tours So finally, I give myself permission to go for it, and I sign up for a visit. It's late spring, and the fields are just starting to thaw from a really bitter cold winter. These fields have seen years and years of corn, wheat, and barley. When I arrive at Terry's Banana Farm, it looks pretty bare with a dog, some chickens, and two huge hoop greenhouses covered tightly with white plastic tarp. Terry comes out of his house with a big smile and a handshake that instantly makes you want to move out of the city. He brings me to a greenhouse and shows me around. So this is the first one, and this this plant right here, this corn parcel, is about 15 years old. So, And it just keeps producing bananas all the time. This one already produced a banana. I haven't cut it down yet. But uh, so you get these little shoots that come out, like here. This one comes out, and then there's some on the other side, little guys. Bananas are easy to grow. It's like a hosta. So you can grow a hosta in a house. You'd be able to grow a banana into a house, and, uh, or you can grow it into a hoop house like we have here. But they're easy to grow. They take about eight months from start to finish, and you're eating them. Uh, they like temperatures above 15 degrees, so you don't have to keep it terribly warm. But they're all different varieties. Some are very sweet, some are very small. Some are very large, and the one that's standing right next to it, this is called a Muchos Grande. It's a new variety that we have, and they're one-pound bananas, and they're about 12 inches long. So, so what's your vision of the, um, the market of tropical fruits in Canada? I believe that we should be self-sustaining, and that we shouldn't have to depend on a foreign country to feed us. I think we can grow our own food here. It's not just going to be me. We've set up other farms also in Canada. So I think it's good that we grow our food, we grow our own tomatoes, and yet we still bring them in from Mexico when you can grow them the same way that I'm growing this. So we should be more self-sustaining. And so can you talk about the bananas themselves? They're right here, right? Correct. So how could you see like a a potential market for, um, for the bananas? So this clump of bananas right here will produce me one ton of bananas every year. So if I have 17 tons, 17 Stocks like this, that's 17 tons of bananas. That's out of a small little hoop house here. This is such a fantastic idea, to grow tropical fruits locally. But how did Terry get started in doing this? So he tells me, and it's not what I expected. So I I was in a bad car accident and uh, I suffered some pretty serious injuries and I had a stroke. So I had to learn how to do it all over again. 
I couldn't go back to my job as a mechanical engineer, so my doctor gave me a plant and uh, he just said to grow it and I grew it and I told him he wanted to know what plant it was and I says a banana and he goes so now you know what you're going to be growing so maybe this is what your destiny is going to be now like you're good at being an engineer maybe you're going to be good at farming so it really has helped me with speaking again like I can't remember what I did last week but I can remember about a banana how to grow a banana so like I have a brain injury, so it really does stick. Like, but why a banana plant? I'm just curious why he chose a banana plant. Because it was it was going to be difficult. He was he wanted to challenge me. I could he could have given me a tomato plant. Everybody grows tomatoes, and I asked him why, and he said you needed a challenge. You ne you needed something to to make you drive, to push you forward, to get you over a hump. And uh, he said it would have opened your eyes if you could have grown a banana. You would might want to grow something else. So. I started dabbling into other things and reading a lot, because when you can't walk, you could read. I still had eyes and I had a brain that did work, so I, I start reading a lot. I'm in the middle of this tropical farm surrounded by bananas, papayas, and lemons, and I'm about to learn, for the first time, about neuroplasticity. To others, this may be old news, but for me, I have no idea what he's talking about. So I do some research. The doctor who gave Terry the banana plant 15 years ago is sadly not available, but I find this great book by a Canadian researcher, Norman Deutsch. It's called The Brain That Changes Itself. And it explains neuroplasticity in very simple terms. So basically, the brain is not fixed, as we once thought, but rather it is capable of continuing to grow new brain cells and new pathways around this very mysterious three-pound organ. So knowing this, neurologists keep finding interesting ways to stimulate the brain to promote new growth and healing, especially when dealing with severe brain trauma, strokes, and mental health disorders. So I call up a bioscience researcher. My name is Joanne Gorgavallis. She conducts research studies on how cardio exercise programs can promote neuroplasticity and new brain cell growth with people who suffer from major depression. Hi, Joanne. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, this is Rachel. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you on the phone. Thank you for uh, uh, scheduling some time for a little chat about the brain. No problem. Okay. <laughs> I'll notice in the paper you were talking about how you were looking at the synaptic process. And for someone who doesn't know much about it, um, um, what does that mean, the synaptic process in the brain? Is that the connections, making the connections happen? So I can briefly describe that. So the nervous system controls and coordinates bodily function and enables us to respond to and act on the environment. Uh, the central nervous system contains many bands of neurons and these neurons communicate with each other through a process called synaptic transmission. And I can briefly just, uh, go over um, the process. A typical neuron has a cell body that contains a nucleus and this cell body is uh, connected to dendrites or think of them as little antennas. Uh, which are responsible for bringing incoming information to the neuron. And then the neuron has an axon, which then sends information to other neurons. Uh, information is transmitted by an electrical signal carried by the axon, and then it's converted into a chemical signal or, or a neurotransmitter, which is released to other neurons, where it generates a signal that either inhibits or modulates 
cellular activity or excitement. So if you were to think of the brain describing what the human brain is, is it just a bunch of firing messaging messages happening in different parts of the brain? Correct, but it could be like inhibitory. So, um, you know, there's parts of the brain that keep quiet and there's other parts that are firing. Right. And so um, in the case of uh, the story of the man I met, Terry, who 15 years ago was given a banana plant uh, by his neurologist as a way for his recovery and he had a stroke and brain injury. Um, I know that that's different than depression. Right. It, but do you, is it treated the same way that a part of the brain is firing or is not working? And so other parts of the brain have to be uh, firing to make up for it. Is that is that kind of the idea with the study that you were doing, looking at the hippocampus? Like how how will you ignite the hippocampus in a way that's not uh, benefiting the person at that time? Or is that not correct? Um, so it depends, uh, you know, it depends on the injury that's resulted from, um, you know, if you're talking traumatic brain injury or if you're talking injury from a stroke, um, and what brain regions have been affected. Um, for instance, neural hyperactivity in certain brain ranges can be detrimental to how we, uh, you know, form new memories or other cognitive, um, such as thinking, executive function, um, and then, you know, some plate, some parts of the brain may be hyperactive and, and some parts of the brain may be underactive. Uh, so it depends on the function of that of the brain and what's been affected. Um, you know, this similar, it, it could be a similar process, um, specifically to major depressive disorder. You know, it's very complex. Uh, it's heterogeneous nature of symptoms and the biological mechanisms shown to be associated with it are, are, are very complex and, and different for different people. Oh, interesting. And so neuroplasticity to, um, is, is that a word we use still? It seems like it comes in and out of fashion. Like people are really so into it and then they're like, nah, I don't know. Or, or where are we at right now with neuroplasticity? So it's an umbrella term uh, for a neuron's ability to adapt to change from the environment, behavior, or an injury uh, by changing its structure, its synapses, or its pathway. It also includes a term called neurogenesis, which is the birth of new neurons throughout uh, the lifetime. Uh, neurogenesis only occurs in two areas of the adult brain, and that's the ventricular zone and the dende gyrus, which is located in the hippocampus. Uh, it's been neurogenesis specifically within the hippocampus has been proposed as the critical contributor to both the pathophysiology and treatment of depression. So it definitely is a term that's still used. And as I mentioned, it's an umbrella term that, you know, incorporates um, both the birth of, of new neurons, the change in structure, the structure and function of neurons, as well as their, their um, synaptic connections. So is that why sometimes it's it is a possibility it can work for people and other times it can't because it depends on where in the brain uh, an injury or something has happened. Is that why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I, like I said, it depends on the severity, um, you know, and it depends on what the person is doing. Um, there's lots of things, you know, there's, there's medications and then there's also modifications of a person's lifestyle that can help promote, uh, you know, growth factors that are associated with, um, upregulating 
uh, neural, neuroplasticity, such as brain-derived neurotropic factor, also called BDNF, and, and that's a critical uh, a growth factor um, for the promotion of, I call it the brain vitamin, uh, for the promotion of neural development and function. Hmm. So it's interesting that Terry, the man I met 15 year, years ago, was given a plan thinking that by doing something different like farming or discovering something totally new that he's never known before would ignite and uh, give his brain a new way of of functioning or curiosity and it helped him mm-hmm. learn how to um to talk again and uh that part of his brain so it's interesting with exercise um i'm not saying that everyone should have a banana plant <laughs> become a farmer but exercise is for sure something very tangible that many of us um maybe don't have it in our regular schedule um our regular lives and if we are working on developing parts of our brain, that that there is a connection to exercise and helping that neuroplasticity process happen. Is that right? Yeah. So I suspect uh, with the gentleman who had the stroke and was given, was he given the banana plant by his physician? His neurologist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he probably formed an association, a connection within the brain that um, associated the banana the banana plant with his recovery from his neurologist. And that's probably a very strong association that was developed. Hmm. And so in the study that I read about exercise, that's another way people can grab onto something for um, recovery. Is that correct? Um, Yeah. yeah. So, you know, my study specifically looked at, um, you know, biochemical markers. I also looked at uh, brain activation during a learning and memory task. Uh, I also evaluated depressive symptoms. But aside from that, um, when I worked with these individuals who had major depressive disorder, you know, I noticed that they, you know, from the beginning, many of them had never exercised before and they were very, you know, nervous about starting an exercise program. They didn't feel confident that they could perform an exercise program. They related exercise to um, elite athletes. Um, And so at the beginning, you know, they were very shy and intimidated by going to the gym. They'd never been to a gym. And throughout the process, it was amazing, uh, just observationally, not with my data, but just observationally, their confidence increased, their self-efficacy increased their progress, um, mastery of a new skill, uh, you know, not understanding what exercise means until, and then at the end of the program, understanding, you know, how their heart rate responds to exercise and what progress means and, and, you know, their, their improvements in both their strength and their endurance and their cardiorespiratory fitness. Um, so that definitely, you know, that's, that's that association that we're talking about that probably had a significant impact on their improvement. Um, you know, exercise may work for somebody, but it may not work for somebody else. Just like, you know, conventional uh, antidepressant treatments such as, you know, um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors where for some people they don't work for other people because maybe they don't have, um, you know, their serotonin levels aren't dysregulated and maybe it's something else. Um, so there's different um, etiologies for, for, for people and, um there's, like I said, there's not a one-size-fits-all. Cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, works for some people. Um, exercise for others. Diet for others. Um, so um, it, we find that the, the most effective treatments are a combination of treatments. 
Great. Thank you, Joanne, for your time. That's uh, no my brain feels very active right now. It feels like oh, <laughs> you've ignited some areas in my brain. So thank you. Um, no problem. Time to go exercise. Okay, will do. Okay. <laughs> you have to find something that's going to motivate you. So to be honest with you, if I didn't have the car accident, this banana farm wouldn't be here because I wouldn't have ever done nothing. But uh, it actually does help help with the brain injury because it rewires the brain. And as my neurologist told me that you have to learn to redo everything all over again. And uh, if not for this farm, I wouldn't be speaking. I do have hard times at speaking and finding words and everything else, but I'm a lot better now than I was 15 years ago. It has been only 60 years since scientists discovered that the brain is capable of cellular regeneration in two major parts of the brain. Meeting Terry at his banana farm opened up to me not only that Canada is producing tropical fruits, but also that the brain is capable of self-healing. And all because I listened to that very charming idea in my head that wouldn't let me go of a curiosity. And I wonder if this flirt of mine comes from that hippocampus area of my brain, that tiny part that is in charge of building new memories and capable of growing new brain cells and learning new things. To quote Terry when he handed me my very own banana plant to take home, he said, The brain's, the brain's a, very, a complex very complex muscle. <laughs> you have to use it or lose it, one or the other. A big thank you to scientist Joanne and farmer Terry for sharing their time and experiences with us. Also, a thank you to Jason, Severn, Arwen, Heather, Jojo, and Peter for their support. You can find Banana Farm Canada on Facebook and you will see that they are very busy selling bananas at local farmers markets in Ontario. You can also look out for more episodes of What About This wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and take care.